All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the year that was dot dot dot. I am your host, Aaron Maxson, along with uh, one of my co-hosts uh, for the day, uh, my brother Nate. Say hello, hello, everyone. Um, for those of you that don't know, this is a podcast uh, that recaps the calendar year of a professional uh, a year in professional wrestling. I can't speak there. Um, we are discussing mm-hmm. 1997, um, and we're basically into September of 1997. So. If you want to listen along chronologically, go back to the beginning. If you have been listening, then you know uh, that we just came out of uh, WCW Hog Wild, Road Wild, sorry, Road Wild, um, and one of the biggest bungles in the history of professional wrestling, booking anyway. Uh, Luger defeats Hogan on TV. On TV. I'm talking like some of the people that are going to interview on this Raw. Um he defeated Hogan on, on free TV, basic. I shouldn't say free because it was cable at the time, but you know what I mean. Beats him on beats him on cable the Monday before they were supposed to go into this uh, Road Wild pay-per-view for the title. And then Hogan just one week later, not even one full count, not even one full week later, defeats Luger to win the WCW championship again. So not only did it... Um, kind of diminished the staying thing, but it also made Luger in the WCW look kind of weak, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, all they were trying to do was 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 get a rating and it was a it was a major miss. Um, I think it was stupid that they were trying to get to the rating because they were already consistently beating Vince anyway, right? Oh yeah. At this yeah. point, at this point, yeah, Vince is in what well, I don't know. But he's in what he cut to, what he described to Bret Hart as financial peril. So, yeah, Vince, Vince McMahon's not doing well. WCW's on top of the world. There's no reason for them to be giving main events away and especially title changes away for the world title on cable. Yes. So, and it was dumb. And like I said, it made everybody involved to seem weak. Um, Luger looked weak. WCW looked weak. Hogan lost on TV. It's like what the hell. But anyway, um, is what it is. But that's in the that's in the rearview mirror. So now we're moving into um, Monday. It's August or September. Sorry, eleventh. Um, wait, I am right. August eleventh, nineteen ninety seven. It's not September eleventh. August eleventh, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, we're in Biloxi, Mississippi, for WWF. Monday Night Raw, Raw is War, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a recap of Bret Hart winning the title and declaring himself in charge. Um, we, it also recaps the heel promo turn of Shawn Michaels and highlights the return of Sergeant Slaughter as WWF commissioner. <clears throat> Jim Ross brings out Shawn Michaels, um, who is supposedly going to be returning to the ring tonight. Um, HBK talks about some the SummerSlam mishap and says that he did his job and it was WWF it was WWF's fault, not his, due to all the referee and Bret Hart stipulations and everything like that. They kind of painted him into a corner. Um, and then he says that he did not find out that he was fighting mankind tonight um, from the WWF headquarters. He found out while watching Superstars. And then pointed at Vince and said, because he's a coward and a Nimrod. (laughs) Nimrod. Nimrod. That's what he called Vince. Um, Then the fans start chanting, Sean is gay. And he tells them to ask your mama and sister about that. Um, So he's channeling his Ric Flair there, you know. Um, And then he talks. He actually brings up a good point. not that Sean never brings up good points, but this is kind of a cool thing that he talks about because, you know, he's going to be facing Taker coming up. Um, he says that he wants Undertaker to watch this match closely because the only guy that's been able to solidly handle the Undertaker in the last 10 years has been Mankind. So if he can beat out, if he can keep, kick, basically, if he can kick the crap out of Mankind, he can certainly kick the crap out of the Undertaker. I thought that was a cool little, little side thing and a way to tell the story. Um, because mankind's really doing nothing right now, like his character's lost, man. Yeah, lost. 
um, his his uh, character his character is pretty much. I think he's pretty much like on the back burner until come Rumble when he does the three faces of Foley and all that. Like his fall of ninety seven, and we'll get into it. Mixed fall of ninety seven is pretty unspectacular. <laughs> yeah, I think he's honestly on the. It's funny he said fall. I think he's honestly on the back burner until he falls off the hell on the cell. And then they're like, okay. <laughs> well, but, no, I I don't know. I just, and again, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but he has that push with, with him and Funk against the outlaws and stuff going into WrestleMania. Yeah, that's true. And all that. But yeah, it's, he, like I said, fall time in 97, definitely not peak uh, mankind. He's just there. Um, and then... HBK talks shit about Sergeant Slaughter, and then Slaughter comes out and says that he only makes decisions for the betterment of the WWF. And then Shawn Michaels says that since the WWF doesn't have his back and is not protecting him, and the WWF is after him, he is going to have he's got his own insurance policy, but he doesn't elaborate on what that means. And then he bounces. So that's how that goes. Um, got anything on that? Just that um, as much as I love Shawn Michaels. And I'm a huge fan of Shawn Michaels. Damn it. I don't even know how I want to word this. Until he, until a few weeks from this point when he hooks up with Hunter and they start doing the DX promos, these promos are, it's the, it's his voice, but these are like his most annoying promos ever. His voice in these promos, it's just, and I know he's trying to be healed and he's supposed to be grating, but it's not. It's like, oh, the world, he says World Wrestling Federation yeah, like 15 it, times in a promo. And anyway, it doesn't help that he's out there on his own. Um, and probably high. Oh, yeah, he's pilled. As I say, he's out there pilled up and he's just rambling. And, and it's like, he's not in a good place in his in his life and nobody was doing anything about it so he's out there in a t-shirt and khaki shorts no socks and sandals and yeah yeah doesn't it's just bad um you didn't realize it at the time watching it but now now you're like oh my god (laughs) like why did vince just not do anything about it but anyway (laughs) um then they interview a bunch of Hill people about HBK and Sean uh, and uh, Mankind's match. It's wrestling fans are like when the tornado hits the trailer park. <laughs> like, not everybody that lives in the trailer park is ignorant. You know what I mean? But the news cameras are going to find. But they only seem to find the ignorant Hill people. <laughs> they had their trailer blown up. And it's like that with wrestling. Like they never interview like the nice, clean wrestling fan, just the normal guy. But yeah. Anyway, um, so the next match we're gonna get, um, we see that Owen and Bulldog are watching at ring or at ringside watching, um, because it is Road Warrior Hawk with Animal versus Henry Godwin with Phineas, and it is a uh, country whipping match. Um, the way to win is to whip your opponent out of the ring. Um, Bulldog and Owen are on headset. Um, they hype Ground Zero coming up, and it's going to be um, the Godwins, LOD, and um, Stephen Mick. Ah, sorry, Gold, the gut. Nah, I can't speak. The Godwins, LOD, Stephen Mick, and Owen and Bulldog um, for the tag team championships. Um, and then they both say they want to fight Patriot tonight because Patriot's going to be fighting Brett at Ground Zero, and um, Phineas ends up hitting Animal with a bucket, and then they double team Hawk. Animal then saves Hawk, and Henry goes over the top rope, and your winner is Road Warrior Hawk. So, was what it was. It was there. It was there, and it was basically a way for Owen and Bulldog to cut a promo without cutting a promo and just. Telling you what's coming up at Ground Zero. Um, as you remember, at SummerSlam, Sergeant, uh, Brian Pillman, if he lost, had to dress, dress in drag. And Slaughter gives Pillman his dress for later tonight. Um, and then we get a... Um, um, where am I at here? Sorry. 
It's a it's a match between Scott Putzy Scott Putzky. I almost I almost pulled a U. I almost <laughs> Scott Putzky versus Tony Williams. Goldust and Marlena are out to watch the match. Um, and then they put up while the match is going on. They put up a uh, a hidden camera shot, black and white or whatever, of Brian Pillman. And it shows him in his underwear attempting to put on the dress. And he's having troubles with it. He's getting mad. And, uh, <clears throat> um, Goldust and Marlena are laughing. And Lawler's talking about how embarrassing and rude it was of them to do that. Um, and while this is all going on, Scott Putsky gets his Polish hammer for the victory. Like, this match meant nothing. Um, and Slaughter comes out and um, demands that Gold Dust Marlena leave ringside because he doesn't want them out there um, during Brian Pillman's match. So that's what that was. Um, anything on that? This is a bit of a precursor to GTV. Yes. Um, and if I remember correctly, and obviously I'm not watching the show, if I remember correctly, I think this Tony Williams guy, or I don't know if I'm thinking of him or somebody else, but he's kind of awkward looking. Yeah. A lot of the a lot of them were at this point. I mean, it's yeah. He, he there. There's a reason I don't think we see him again. <laughs> um, so then the next match we get is Brian Pillman versus Flash Funk. Um, Ross is the only guy that like he's doing a good job at, at putting over the fact that everybody's laughing that that um, um, Brian Pillman's in this dress. But he's like, I don't think you guys are realizing that this is not funny. You know what I mean? Like he's doing a good job with saying you, you're you pushing. Guys, you're pushing this already psycho man yeah, over the edge. This guy's insane. Like this is a bad thing that you're doing. Like <laughs> he attacked a fan with a pencil. You, you know, it's like and now yeah. you're putting him in a dress, and, and and but nobody else is doing that. Like they're everything else is all for the comedic value of it. But Ross is like super. Like he's doing a good job with it. Um, not, I mean, he's Jim Ross, so obviously he's doing a good job with it, but I think it's just the portion of the angle that he was trying to like bring out. Nobody was listening to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, um, they do mention Lawler, um, fighting at hardcore heaven coming up. Um, slaughter does a corner interview and says that, uh, bulldog and Owen versus Patriot and a partner of his choice is going to happen tonight. Um, and then Goldust and Marlena come out and show uh, um, they show Pillman the video which he didn't obviously know happened before he came out and he gets distracted by this and Flash Funk rolls him up and pins him one, two, three. So Brian Pillman must continue to wear the dress because he has not won his match yet by pinfall or submission on Raw. So that's what that was. I do also have in my notes that Marlena looked amazing. Um, so anything on Funk and Pillman? Not necessarily on that match, but one thing that I do note here is whenever in 97, honestly, 97 WWF is probably one of my most watched years in wrestling, if not my most watched year in wrestling in any promotion that I watch over and over again. So you start to like, when you watch something so many times over and over again, you start to be able to like, remember things, pick things apart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anyway, what I have always guessed by why, and I don't know exact dates and you really can't even find exact dates online, but my, my guess, excuse me. He's watching all of 97 until SummerSlam. And then starting after SummerSlam, which we are at now, I think that at that point, at some point in the month of August of 97, is when Vince Russo got to be the main booker right under Vince. Like you're going to notice a tonal change in the show. Um, there's going to, the matches start to be a lot quicker. Like instead of, instead of maybe seven to 10 minute matches, you get three minute matches. Um, 
stories start being more erratic and moving to moving almost too fast. Yeah. Is what I'm saying makes sense? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on around the matches. And... It's it's right around this time I think is when he like had had the biggest pencil or started to get the biggest pencil, I guess. Yeah, and it, it and I get what you're saying, and it's true, and um, it's just like I said, like you can you can see it where. Like I said, like more shits going on around the around the show, and things don't. There's a lot. Wrestling, wrestling has always been kind of illogical, you know. Yeah. But like nobody told like Owen and Bulldog are there. They didn't go, "Hey Brian, Goldust and Marlena just showed you on TV." Right. <laughs> showing the video, you know what I mean? Like he didn't. They didn't tell him that. Or if it's it, not even if they didn't tell him because they wanted to tell him, they didn't tell him because they're guys and they're athletes in a locker room. They're not gonna go, <laughs> yeah. dumbass. They just showed you on TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, so that's what I'm saying. Like there, there's certain things like that that's very Vince, Vince Russo-ish. Um, we get a recap of Steve Austin's injury, unless you had anything else. No. Okay. Um, but we had a recap of Steve Austin's injury, and then Vince brings out Dude Love to discuss Steve's injury. He says that Steve will be back and um, talks about the four-way dance at, at Ground Zero. HBK interrupts Dude Love and then calls him a Nimrod and an idiot. you Nimrod. And he's calling people Nimrods. Um, it's kind of like when Vince learned the word cahoots. <laughs> Everybody was in cahoots. cahoots. Um, but HBK, like I said, interrupts him, calls him an Nimrod, an idiot. And um, he's going to put his foot down his down his throat at the during their match. And then um, um, then dude just kind of um, I put that he quotes John Lennon, but I didn't write down what he said. And then he dances. That's how it ends. <laughs> so sorry I didn't write down what he said, but I think it might have been. Was it? Is it Cuckoo Cachoo? Yeah, I think it's. I think it's that. That's one of. A, it could be too because that's also one that Kevin Nash likes to use and their buddies. So it might be. Yeah. Um. So it was just kind of there. Um, then we see Patriot um, is shown talking to his mystery partner, and they show him winning a. They show Patriot winning a battle royal from Shotgun Saturday Night, and then we get Owen and Bulldog um, out. Oh, I, I know I said I wasn't going to discuss a lot of the match stuff. There's a few things in here. Um, they hype the British only pay per view coming up one night only, and then. Um, Owen, Owen does the thing that I like to him and Brett do because he says that tonight I'm dedicating this match to, match to my big brother, Brett. I like when they just, like he doesn't go, I'm dedicating this match to Brett. Hmm. Like they always acknowledge what they are. To my, my lovable brother, Owen. My lovable brother, Owen, and my <laughs> big brother, Brett. Like I love the fact that they went from being like, Super hateful to each other, to just being overly, <laughs> overly loving and everything. It's just, it's good shit. Um, and then uh, Brett comes out and watches from the ramp. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention that Ken Shamrock is uh, as uh, Patriots partner. Um, Shamrock is basically being the Ricky Morton in this match. Um, and then Patriot ends up tagging in, beats up on a bulldog. Brett tries to get involved, but Sergeant Slaughter stops him. And while that's going on, Owen slides a chair into the ring. And then Patriot gives Davey um, basically the rock bottom, which has the dumbest name in wrestling history, the Uncle Slam. And Patriot and Shamrock are your winners. So there you go. Was what it was. 
they're working on getting Patriot over, but not realizing that he's damaged goods. I think, or yeah. I think they do realize now that he's damaged goods, but they're like, yeah, we've already, we've already, we've come, yeah, we've, we've come this far. We might as well got to go with it until after this, because I don't think we see him much after that. I think he doesn't even make it to November. Um, yeah, he's he's booked to be in Survivor Series, but then he's not there. Yeah, it's Steve Blackman. And he's uh, pretty much gone after that. Yes, and then they interview a bunch of Canadian white trash again, and um, one of these white trash includes Jason Sensation, who's talking, talking about Brett appearing in Toronto. So there's even white trash up in Canada. So <laughs> there you go. Um, and they're not funny like Letterkenny. They're just, they're just trash. <laughs> they're not shorezy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we get an interview with Patriot or an attempted interview with Patriot. Bret Hart attacks him in the back, leaving him laid out. Um, so that's what happened there. Um, and then the next thing we got, I know you'll not have nothing on because um, it is Farouk versus Chains. Actually, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> actually, I do have something on this one just because it sticks out in my head. Man, I just <laughs> I said Shorzy and now I just keep thinking, shut the fuck up, Sanguinette. But anyway, <laughs> um, this is a historical match. Chains versus Farouk is a historical match. Why? Because this is the match. Where Rocky Maivia joins the nation, isn't it? Yeah. Or am I wrong? No, you just you just blew the you just spoiled. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I just I was like, uh, actually, Aaron, I do have something to say about this. Oh, but you didn't let me say it. <laughs> That's okay. I mean, it happened twenty five years, twenty six years, years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like I said, we got a recap of the Nation of Domination turning on Ahmed Johnson. Um, Sergeant Slaughter has banned all the others from the ringside. Um, the ref is bumped, and then um, this should come to a surprise to everybody. Um, Rocky Maivia slides into the ring and attacks Chains, and Fruk gets the pinfall, and the and Rocky gives uh, the Nation of Domination salute. Um, and Jim Ross is like, why? Why? He just sounds like that preacher guy from that that vine or whatever. He's like, why? 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 <laughs> That's what that is. Um, and then we see the DOA breaking into the Nation of Domination's locker rooms, but officials stop them. Um, we'll have more on the Rocky heel turn next couple weeks there's not really much to it here because it was just like an attack yeah. you know but the promo well, coming up and everything like that yeah so. the promos coming up and stuff but what, what i will say about this about this particular night is the reason this is actually really cool is because they literally did no foreshadowing no nothing nothing to even make you think that, that this was going to happen. Like they just fucking did it. And it was like, at that time you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> like they, didn't, they like didn't show him sitting in the crowd. No. Or he, he, yes. didn't, he didn't come out wearing like, like a, like a nation type outfit. He's wearing like a fucking white t-shirt and some, some khaki shorts or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was good shit. Um, and the start of fucking history. That's that's the cool thing about going back and watching old shit. It's like it's like that's that's when it started. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. History, like I said, history in the making. Yep. At the time you didn't know it. Like you're mm -hmm. you're like, oh, this guy's gonna be the biggest star in Hollywood. You were just like, ah, Rocky turned. Yeah. It's just like I was watching uh I was watching the uh the event, the event that, or when, um, when Backlund beat, or when Iron Sheik beat Backlund, and during the event, Gr Howard Finkel comes out at, or does his thing for where they always announced what was going to happen next time at the Garden. Yeah, and he's like, and next month here on January twenty fourth, 
Bob Backlund will get his rematch for the WWF Championship. And you're thinking in your head, no, in less than a month, fucking history is about to be yeah. made. Like, to those people in that arena that night, they were thinking, ah, Bob, Bobby's going to come back and win the title yeah. back. <laughs> it's a hook to get us to come back and watch Born Bob. But no, the business is about to change. <laughs> like, there were people that probably didn't buy tickets because they were like, we don't want to see Boring Bob back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then Sable's out as she is the, um, ah, sorry. She's the, uh, she's the guest ring announcer for the upcoming match, but Patriot comes out and interrupts calling Bret Hart out. Bret Hart accepts and they start to fight. And then Owen and Bulldog and Pillman come out and beat down the Patriot. So Patriot's an idiot. Like. You've already got beat up twice, and now you're going to do it again? Whatever. Um, <clears throat> and then we get um, we get a Bracus, Bracus promo. He cuts it on Vader. I think, <laughs> I think that's what he's talking about. Volkswagen. <laughs> he's saying some shit, and I just know he said Vader. Volkswagen Harry Himmler, Vader, Volkswagen Vader, Vader, Speckens in Deutsch. <laughs> um, and then, um, like I said, I'm not going to try to do too many notes, but we get Shawn Michaels versus Mankind in our main event, um, which was match of the year in 1996, in my opinion. Um, don't get me wrong, I like the Iron Man match, but it's an Iron Man match. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, there's not a lot going... The funniest thing about Iron Man matches is not a lot of shit happens in them. <laughs> that, that's why I always say, from a if I'm, not, if I'm not thinking about technical wrestling, the most entertaining Iron Man match is Triple H and The Rock. Yeah, because it's, that, it's that, insane. Yeah, at that Judgment Day pay-per-view. It's just from beginning to end. I mean, it's Attitude Era all the way, but yeah. there's just shit going on with the McMahons. At one point, The Undertaker comes back. Like, yeah. <laughs> and Russo was still there, right? Um, No, no. That was in 2000. He was gone. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was going to say, that's like, that's good shit that you can do with the – like, that's where you can say the Attitude Era was great at oh, points. The, like, this is insane. Like, the, 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 actually, the no, the, the best year, like – on TV, the best consistent year of television during the Attitude Era is the year 2000. After he leaves, and once Vince gets like gets the Russo stank all wiped away from '99 because '99 stinks most of it. 2000 is fucking great. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, like I said, this was the match of the year 1996, in my opinion. Um, Match starts out, Mankind comes out, throws a trash can in the ring to get in, but HBK ends up using it on him. Um, this includes putting it on his head. Um, and then they have this big, crazy brawl. Um, Triple H and China come out to watch the match because they're feuding, you know, they're feuding with Mankind. Um, and then <clears throat> as the match is going on, um, Rick Rude comes out and um, um, Triple H sorry I lost my spot here Rick Rude comes out down the ringside and Triple H trips Mankind and Rick Rude ends up hitting uh, Mick super hard in the head um, with the chair and then HBK hits Sweet Chin Music for the one two three and your winner is Shawn Michaels so Rude's the insurance is they they speculated if Rude's the insurance policy. Um, we're starting to hint more towards Sean and Triple H working together. Um, and like I said, so it's all coming together for Sean here. Um, but then Undertaker comes out and um, stops, um, but he stops on the on the ramp. Because Paul Bearer appears on the Titantron and simply says that the Undertaker will burn in hell and then fire shoots from the stage. And that's how we go off the air. 
and over the next few weeks with this Shawn Michaels Triple H Rick Rude China thing, it's like uh, it's like when Bambi first starts to walk because they're still like they're literally just as they go trying to figure out what this thing is because. There's a couple of weeks where Sean's just like, me and my click. And then there's a week where he's like, we're the initial outlaws of the world wrestling. Like they don't they don't even know that this is going to be Degeneration X yet. They have no fucking yeah. idea what this is going to be. We don't know what we're calling ourselves. <laughs> we don't even know what we're going to do. We don't know how this association works. <laughs> we just like riding together. Yeah. And Vince <laughs> is like, I like you guys riding together too because Sean shows up on time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Like, it used to be sunny, but she's all fucked up now, too. <laughs> um, so that's how Raw ended. Um, I gotta say, it wasn't like, you know, it's not an over-the-moon Raw, you know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. kind of there. Yeah. Other than the Rock thing. And you didn't even know it at the time, you know? It was just like, mm-hmm. huh, Rocky turned. But yeah. other, other than that, nothing really happened. Rude showed up. You get the you get the you get the beginning of the the Rick Rude going through wrestling promotions quicker than anybody in the history of the business. Because the week before this, he was in ECW. Now he's in the WWF, and then and very shortly he'll be on Raw and Nitro on the same night going to yeah. WCW. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's gonna show up at Hardcore Heaven, and Todd Gordon could be mad. He paid him a lot of money, and now he's like double dipping or whatever. But um, so unless you got anything on Raw, nope. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll not, I don't want to say bust through Nitro, but we'll discuss Nitro, and then that'll be that. Um, the Nitro that we're going to review is from obviously. August 11th, 1997, and they are in Denver, Colorado. Um, the giant arrives, and he is, um, I think, being de- de- denied entrance into the building. Um, the reason is, is because you can't hear it. Like, the audio is just, it's not there. Like, he's arguing with security guards, and you hear nothing. <laughs> But the commentators aren't even saying anything. Like, if this was if this was Vince, Vince would be like, "The audio's out." Say, like, he would be like, "Oh, look at this!" You know, yeah. or have somebody say, "What's going on?" Tony and Bobby and who are just and Myers sitting there watching this fucking Larry at this point. They're just sitting there. And nobody's like, "Hey guys, the audio's out." Say, "Hey, look at this footage from earlier." Or from what we understand, the giant is being denied entry. But anyway. Right. Um, and then uh, Michael Buffer comes out to do his like $20,000 announcement thing and um, does the let's get ready to rumble and the Nitro Pearls dance around him. That's how that happens. Um and then Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Six make their entrance to the arena. Scott Hall says the people are watching and buying tickets because of the NWO, and they are the best team in the business. The Steiner Brothers music hit, and um, um, the the outsiders act like they're scared. Um but it's not actually the Steiner brothers. It's Bobby Starr and some shithead jobber. They don't announce his name. Um, Nash power bombs, Bobby Starr. And then so gets the pin and then Scott Hall and Kevin Nash win. And then the actual Steiner brothers come out through the crowd and attack the outsiders. So it was what it was. Just a way to piss the crowd off, get some heel heat. Yeah, and then do a good job at bringing the Steiners out to, to bump the outsiders because when they actually liked some guys, they'd let some, they'd let, they'd let some, they'd let, when they actually liked the faces they were in there with, they'd let them get some, they'd let them get over, but not when they didn't like them. Yeah. Um, then the next match we get is Meng versus Wrath. Um, Meng attacks Wrath in the aisle and 
Um, so it's a crazy brawl, but Meng ends up getting the tongue and death grip and the pinfall and the faces of fear. Um, then brawl with, uh, I wrote the oddities, but it's not the actual oddities. It's <laughs> James Vandenberg's oddities. Um, so that's a feud that's going on now. Like after, after Glacier, Wrath and Mortis doesn't work anymore. Nope. Like, it's time for these guys to be singles wrestlers. And of course, we're, very soon that's going to happen. We're going to, Wrath's going to lose the mask and he's going to be Canyon and blah, blah, blah. But like, they shouldn't have even tried to continue with it after Glacier. Yep. It's, it's terrible. Um, then Mean Gene interviews the Steiner brothers from the ramp. Um, and they say they're going to regroup, come back after the Outsiders. And then Ted DiBiase calls out Nick Patrick. Um, and they're discussing that uh, the Road Wild situation, you know, where Patrick disqualified him, you know, all that shit. Mm -hmm. um, Patrick says that he's honest and DQ'd properly and then says that Randy Anderson's actually the crooked one and all this different shit. So they're still trying to they're still trying to somewhat kind of make Patrick seem like he's still a heel, but he's saying he's not. This that everything it's convoluted and it's who cares? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um nothing against Nick Patrick, but who gives a shit? Um then we get Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Jericho. Um it's a decent television match between these two. There's a lion salt, but Eddie gets his knees up. Um, Jericho gives Eddie a pretty good looking airplane airplane spin, but Eddie ends up getting the frog splash and the one, two, three. So it was just kind of there. Yeah. Um, and then. Um, Mean Gene interviews Alex Wright, who starts to speak German, and this obviously makes Mean Gene mad. Um, tells him to speak. I'm not going to interview you for speaking German. Like every week, he's pissed off at Alex Wright <laughs> speaking in his in his native language. So then, um, Alex Wright says, "Fine, you want the English?" And he says that everybody is is losers and fat. And then he says, and I quote, and he doesn't do it on purpose. He has like an Andre the Giant type moment where he says some shit. That you're just like, what? <laughs> he says that everyone's fat and losers, and he is the chooser weight champion. <laughs> the chooser weight. And Larry Zabisco goes, chooser weight champion. <laughs> like, where. Word salad. Larry does that even when Larry does like Bobby doesn't even do stuff like that sometimes. Like he'll just let shit go. Somebody flubs or whatever. Yeah. But Larry will just point out mistakes like in production or stupid shit somebody says by mistake. Like he's, he's so underrated, I think. You know what's the greatest word salad ever? Uh, have you ever seen the Miss? Miss South Carolina thing from the Miss Teen USA. Yeah, poor girl. <laughs> she says, she says, okay, I'm not, I will, I will, I was thinking for a minute, I'll bring it up. Let's listen to it. But I'll just, um, at one point she calls Iraq the Iraq. Yeah. And then she says, the funniest part of it to me is she, she's like, and we have to worry, we have to worry about the, we have to take care of the South Africa and the other Asian countries. And I'm just like, oh, sweetheart. <laughs> you South. said South Africa, and then you put it in Asia. <laughs> stop talking, girl. Yeah, just stop talking. Her dad was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, have to, I have to work. I have to work tomorrow. <laughs> She's like, the Iraq. <laughs> the Iraq and <laughs> South Iraq. Africa and Asia. <laughs> so you're... You're lucky you're pretty girl. I don't know what's happening. You're off the rails. <laughs> and then like Stamos is standing beside her and he's just like, 
thank you very much, Miss South Carolina. <laughs> like he's like he's like I'm just gonna just gonna move on. Like none of this happened. <laughs> oh my! And I'm sure she's not stupid. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> she's probably not a dumb person. It's just I don't understand why they do that to like pageant ladies like that. Yeah. Like solve world hunger. Like it's not her job. <laughs> her job is to fucking look good, and you know, like I don't even know what their job is. Like I don't know what the purpose of it is. Right. But it's like she ain't running for president. <laughs> like have you ever? Have Thank you, God. In the history of all time, have you ever been like, we didn't know what was going to happen. Congress was arguing amongst themselves and but miss america showed up and she solved everything like <laughs> no she took care of the problem in the iraq in the iraq <laughs> like until she told us we didn't even know we didn't know south africa was in asia <laughs> like, jesus christ why are you asking her that Anyway. anyway, sorry I took us off on no, it's okay. side uh, exit. I've never story. understood why they ask those people that. They're like, um, tell us how you're gonna solve world hunger. And then like the next segment, they're like, Come out in your bikini and show, <laughs> show, show us your titties. Yeah. <laughs> and now you're gonna play a harpsichord as your mystery talent. <laughs> what is happening? Why are those even still a thing? I don't have any idea. And even worse than that, why are like junior Miss pageants like a thing? Like, what? It's happening. She's she's 13. But anyway. Um, the next match is Dean Malenko versus Jeff Jarrett um, with Queen Deborah for the U.S. Championship. Um Malenko is obviously mad because Jarrett turned on him at, at Road Wild. Um, Malenko's super over with the crowd. Um, um, Jarrett tries to bail, um, but it's obviously caught off, caught, um, cut off in the aisle by guess who? Mongo. <laughs> It's Mongo. Yeah, Mongo's here. Mongo like candy. Yeah, it looks like we're going to move. Uh, it looks like, oh, finally we're going to get Jeff Jarrett in a different feud. He's going to feud with Malenko. No, nope, Mongo. <laughs> and Malenko's getting the upper hand. But then Eddie Guerrero jumps Dean Malenko from behind. And Dean Malenko wins via disqualification. And then Mongo comes back and saves Malenko. And... Um, Um, and that's how that goes. Like, they're just, it, it, it's stupid. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. These fucking guys. Um, Mean Gene then brings out Ric Flair and Kurt Hennig. Um, Hennig con confronts Flair about, um, um, talking to Eric Bischoff. Hogan or Hennig says that he's got business with Bischoff. Um, you know, like basically implying that he doesn't just, he's not just, the NWO guy, he signs contracts for WCW and shit like that. But anyway, um, Flair questions Hennig about if he's going to be a horseman. Um, Hennig says he's got, he's got to worry about Randy Savage tonight. And then Flair again asks him, you know, about being a horseman. But then he ends up saying that he wants to be, he wants Hennig to be his partner at the clash against six Pac and K dog. And Hennig doesn't really, Give an answer, so this thing's still going on, too. This is going on forever. Forever. <laughs> I love Kurt Hennig. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, but if I'm Ric Flair, I'd be like, you're not good enough to ask for five months. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm moving on. I'm going with somebody else. Like, I'm done with you. Yeah, we're going to go in a different direction yeah. <laughs> as an organization. It's like, Jesus Christ. 
It's the longest like, longest goddamn job interview in history. Yeah. Like by this point, like Flair should have the horseman beat him up. Let's like, attack <laughs> this guy. Or just be like, okay, we're done. We're we're we're, we're gonna go with this guy over here. We're gonna go with DDP instead. You know, something. But anyway. Um Bischoff um then leads uh, Scott Norton to the arena on his bike, and then Hall, Buff, Six, and Virgil come out. Um, and then um, Hogan comes out, and they all sing happy birthday to Hulk Hogan and congratulate him. Wait, sorry, I misspoke. Hogan didn't come out. They all congrat Hollywood Hogan for getting his title back. They sing happy birthday to Hollywood, who is making a movie of some sort, so he's not there. Um, Bischoff then says he's put a restraining order on the giant. Um, Buff counts off 50 feet and draws a line, and then the giant comes out. Um, but Zabisco and Dylan stop him. They say Bischoff's not worth getting... Um, Arrested for, then Giant ends up stepping over the um, line anyway, and then the police try to arrest him, um, but he just decides to leave voluntarily. And then Larry Zabisco is yelling at Bischoff, but he's smart enough not to get in the ring because all the NWO guys are in there, and and Hall flips, flicks a toothpick, a toothpick at Larry Zabisco, and Zabisco just kind of leaves. So, if we would have heard what was being said in the opening segment, we would have understood that Eric Bischoff had put a restraining order out on him. Right. You know what I mean? But instead, we're just supposed to like already know that Bischoff did this, and it's all—it's all bad. It's all bad. Yeah, just to com- just to compare back then to now. Back to the one other point from this segment. Back then, if Aaron and I are watching this program and we we listen to the WWF's uh, propaganda, they would have us think this is like Hulk Hogan's fifty fifth birthday. And yeah, in this forty two, forty four, he was actually forty four in nineteen ninety seven, which is a year younger than AJ Styles is now. So. <laughs> That's also fun. Something funny too, though. People over the years, people age differently. Like so many people, like from the seventies and eighties, you look at them and you think they're in like their sixties, and then at that time they're in like their late thirties. Yeah. <laughs> well, Peter Peter Falk was only twenty seven when he made this. <laughs> well, they smoked eight packs of cigarettes a day and put lard in everything, and <laughs> like they were like, "Don't roll the window down. You're letting all the smoke out." <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like they just they ate weird shit. <laughs> like, there's like Jello with like hot dogs in it. I was gonna, I was it's, just about, I was just about to say, would you like some fruit? Well, is it is it encompassed in Jello? Because I'll only eat my fruit when it's encompassed yes. in Jello. But there was <laughs> there's like meat in the Jello. <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, what is this? Like, they didn't, like, I don't know. It's just there's insane shit. Like, this fucking asbestos and everything. Uh, trans fats. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, no releg- like regulations on shit. It's just insane. <laughs> I mean, if you look at, like, if, if go even further back than that. Look at the old West Times. You see a picture of, like Billy the Kid. You're like, oh my god, he looks, he looks haggard. And then you read that he died at 21. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> he looks he looks 57 years old. It's like Billy the Kid, 19, yeah. <laughs> and he's been in he's been in he's been in prison 17 times <laughs> and robbed 25 banks. He's 21 years old. Like Jesus <laughs> Christ. He lived to the ripe old age of 40. <laughs> like he stepped on a nail back then. You're like, well, 
<laughs> Call the preacher. Him. Um, like, we can cut your leg off. <laughs> it's 80-20, though. And the 20 and the 80 is not in your favor. We cut it off. You're probably still going to die, though. I'd be like, just let me die. Like, anyway. um, the Nitro girls then dance. Um, well, we'll do what we can with this iron to heal up the wound fast. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, it hurts worse. I think I'm going to die from the pain. Yeah. They're just like, bite down on this spoon, and we're going to go ahead and cut your leg off. And then after that, we're going to put this hot iron on it. Oh, shit. Like, what are you going to give me after that for the pain? Whiskey? <laughs> I got whiskey. You know, whiskey. Eh, works for the dog. Um, yeah. <laughs> Really bad though. It's gonna make you shit your pants, but at least it'll only run down one leg now. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine what it smelled like back then too. <laughs> like I used to be like, man, if I could go back to the old west, I would. Then I'm like, no, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. People are like, it was a simpler time back then. Be like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was so much more complicated. <laughs> there was nothing simple about that life. It was, in fact, overly complicated. <laughs> it was a simpler time. No, it was not. This is the simpler time. <sighs> it's like I want a burrito, so I just punk something into my phone, and then 40 <laughs> minutes later, not even 40, 20 minutes later, a, a fucking. Schlub's bringing me a burrito to my door. And I'm like, thanks. I didn't have to go kill a bunch of stuff. But anyway. You didn't, you didn't hope you made it through the summer to be able to make the burrito. Yeah. It was a drought that year. But anyway. But there were people in other countries that were just like, we're out of potatoes. We don't know what we're going to do. But anyway. The next match is Chris Benoit and Mongo versus the Steiner brothers with Ted DiBiase. Um, Mark Curtis is the referee. Um, and I did, I, I put, I put it, I think I've asked you before to pick a Steiner and I think we both picked Rick, right? Yeah. Um, but I did put a question here and I don't know if it's a dumb question or not. But now that Hunter's in charge, for the most part, of like creative and decision makings and things like that in the WWE, as long as you believe what they say, do you think guys like a Mark Curtis have more of a chance of like being put in the Hall of Fame and not just like in a lump like legacy wing or whatever? You know what I mean? I don't. Maybe I just I don't know. I don't know. I know that Hunter is is in charge of creative now. They say that Vince is, other than like really, really big shit, like a Roman Reigns thing or something, Vince has gotten pretty hands off. I don't know how much, if if Hunter is in charge of the Hall of Fame, then yes. But I don't know if Vince is still going to be the guy making the call for the Hall of Fame, you know? I'm not sure. But yeah, definitely once, if if and when Hunter is in charge of the Hall of Fame, I think you'll see you'll see names like that be more apt to get in. You know, Nick Patrick or, you know, Mark, like you said, Mark Curtis or um, just yeah. any anybody that's a little more obscure, I guess, than you'd say than that. All right. I hope so. I think and I don't want to say it because the, the way they're acknowledging that the people they're acknowledging should be acknowledged in some way. But like that Warrior Award, I hate that it's named after him. You know yeah. what I mean? Because he was a piece of shit. But they should have an award that is like, don't call it backstage or whatever, but like, I don't know. I don't know what you'd want to call it. Like a non-performer award. Mm -hmm. You know, like this guy was the man, like this lady, <clears throat> the lady that created all our costumes and like, you know what I mean? 
Right. Made us look, made it, made mankind look like man. Like if it would have been for this person, Kane wouldn't look like Kane, you know, mm-hmm. that type of shit. I think they should have an award, uh, a, a, a thing for something like that. But anyway, um, Mongo attempts to jump off the top rope, looks awkward doing it, and Steiner catches him with a belly-to-belly, and the Steiner brothers end up winning that match. Um, Mean Gene then brings out Lex Luger to the ring for an interview, and Luger talks about... um, He's like, when I won the WCW championship, it was a turning point that WCW needed, and it brought us all together. And it's like, well, then you lost it. How'd that go? <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> and then he talks some more shit about Hulk Hogan and shows off his body, and that's how that promo ends. So it was a stupid promo. Um. Then the Nitro Girls come out and dance again. And I don't know, this song had lyrics. Like it was like a, it was like kind of like an everybody dance now song, you know? Yeah. dance now. But, but the, the, I don't know what they're saying. That's not what they're, I know what they're not saying is what I heard though. <laughs> and it was all right, Jack now. It's like, whoa. <laughs> All right, Jack now. <laughs> All right, Jack now. <laughs> All right, Jack now. <laughs> like they knew what like the guys at home were doing. Like <laughs> you, you have our you have our permission yeah, to masturbate. Yes. But yeah, I don't know what that was. Um and then we get Buff Bagwell with meat sauce, and he's gonna be facing DDP. Um there's not much more. You don't get much more WCW than Buff Bagwell versus than Marcus Alexander Bagwell versus Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> like they're the stalwarts, man. <laughs> like I'm just saying, like yeah, from the from the t- pretty much from the time it was called WCW till the end, it was till the guys. end. It was these guys and Stang like are always around. Um, you know what? And real quick, you know what else is funny? You'll see, you'll watch like old, like there's a guy that has like old WCW shit on YouTube, you know? Yeah. Like Worldwide's, and you'll see like guys on there jobbing on Worldwide. They're in like 1991 that are still jobbing in like 1999, <laughs> and they're just like, "Yep, collected a check for 10 years in that place." Like never had to leave Atlanta. It's like wow, it's insane. We had one. We had one TV taping every three months. <laughs> Other than that, I was just sitting at the house. Um, obviously, um, DDP bumps Buff in a meat sauce, gets the diamond cutter, and wins that match. Um, I don't have anything really on that. What can you say about it? Not much. Matches happened 150 times. Um, Mortis with James Vandenberg versus Ultimo Dragon for the TV championship. Um, pretty good match for TV because, I mean, how could it not be good with Canyon and Ultimo Dragon <laughs> in there? Um, Mortis um, is using the size advantage. <clears throat> um <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> He said it that out. Um, Dragon ends up turning a flatliner into a powerbomb and then traps Mortis in the Dragon Sleeper and wins um, via submission. So Ultimo Dragon is still your TV champion. <clears throat> so that happened. Um, then Mean Gene Okerlund ends up interviewing J.J. Dillon about getting Sting back into the ring. Um Sting is shown in the rafters and they speculate, is it actually Sting? And AJ says that he has a new contract. And then the uh, um, then the real Sting ends up dropping from the rafters into the ring. JJ says everyone wants him back. And 
He has a contract that he knows Sting will want to sign. Uh, it's a contract to face six. And then Sting rips up the contract and gives it back to JJ, who has um, um, Boo Boo Face. And then Gene says, <laughs> um, like, who do you want? Like, we can't figure it out. And, like, everybody's like, Hogan. <laughs> you fucking idiots. <laughs> Morons. JJ, you suck at your job. And from a character standpoint, uh, Sting keeps turning down these contracts. And from a character standpoint, Ric Flair's like, JJ, I feel you, brother. I'm having the same trouble. <laughs> yeah. Can't get it through the hands. <laughs> I'm, I'm just offering everything. <laughs> but by the way, I think Sting wants Hogan. I mean, I, <laughs> I've, been th- I've been thinking that since about February. So... <laughs> Pretty sure that's what it is. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> WCW just bumble fucking through existence. Yeah, like, yeah, well, I don't know. What can we do to drag this out for six months? <laughs> Damn, angles. I, I'm, and how do I say it? Like, I'm a fan of a long term, like. I'm a fan of long-term storytelling. You know what I mean? As long as it makes sense and there's peaks and valleys to it, it's not just the same shit every week. You know? Yeah. Hogan and Fl- Hogan and Savage went a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was a year-long storytelling thing that by the end of it, you could show like arts and be like, oh, this is where it happened and that's where it happened. Right. You know? the bloodline was a thing, you know, and it's, it's been one of the best stories of the last 20 years has been the bloodline deal, you know, and you you can go back and look at all the little different things. Um, just all that different shit, you know, um, the horsemen all coming together. Like that was an organically built thing, but you could, it made sense. Like all the champions are heels and it, it all ends up like building into a thing, but it's just like, Oh, Mongo's going to hit Jarrett with the briefcase this week. What are they going to do next week? Ah, Jarrett will hit him with the briefcase. <laughs> Let's have Flair go out there and ask Kurt to be his partner. But then Kurt's like, I'm a free agent. I don't know what to tell you. Sting, who do you want to fight? Everybody's like, Hogan. <laughs> he wants to fight Hogan. And he's like, I got a contract for Virgil. You want to come back? <laughs> Hogan. <laughs> the guy in the front row is like, Hogan. You know, the guy with the belt that matters. <laughs> anyway. The guy that turned on the company and made all this happen. Yeah, that's who he wants to fight. <laughs> we you get it Norton? now. We get it now. Buff Bagwell. Yeah, you mean Norton? <laughs> Want to fight Norton? <sighs> anyway. The next match is our main event, and it's the last thing we're going to discuss for the evening. It's Randy Savage versus Kurt Hennig, and they say this, and you you might know better than me. They they claim on commentary that this is their first ever one on one match. Um, that could be correct because. They were they were they were pretty much heels at the same time in the WWF, and then Henning got hurt in late '91, and that's when Savage turned face. And Henning managed Flair against Randy Savage. Yeah. And then, um, then the next time they came together was at that Survivor Series '92, where they were part. Yeah, they never had a match against each other that I know of. That I mean, in in. Anything I've ever seen. Yeah, they claim this. Like I said, I was like, that might be accurate. I'm not going to do a lot of research on it, but they're saying this is the first time, their first ever one-on-one match, and they just gave it away on a nitro. Um, Savage ends up hitting a good-looking clothesline early on. He does the mm-hmm. whole human blocker thing with Liz. Um, they end up brawling at ringside and down the aisle. Um, DDP runs out and attacks Hennig. 
and then Savage attacks Paige. Then Scott Hall comes out to help Randy Savage beat up DDP. And then Lex Luger comes out to save DDP. So now um, um, they just kind of gave this match away. Oh, first ever. And it just ends in a schmoz. And I don't think this match did anybody any good. So it was what it was. And this Nitro, like I said, Raw wasn't like the greatest, like, you know, balls to the wall Raw. This Nitro sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bet. Kind, and, of a, kind of a rough week for everybody. Yes, but this, um, this Nitro was butt. Before before you sign off, just one interesting thing I I uh, saw. I, I go I I do like a, a I have a thing where I when I think about it probably like four to five times a week just to if I want to write something down to mention on a podcast or whatever. I look up like this year in history and re- or this t- today in history or this week in wrestling in history. Yeah. Kind of a cool thing about this week that you're covering that I wrote down. On, this is August 11th. On August 16th, 97, I don't know when the show actually was taped, but um, Jericho beats Alex Wright for the Cruiserweight title. Okay. On Saturday night. On WCW Saturday night, August yeah. 16th. The thing that's kind of cool about that is that is the last title change to ever occur on WCW Saturday night. Jericho beating Alex Wright. That's when they were like, this show does not matter anymore. <laughs> All right. So that is interesting. That is coming up. I know we're going to talk about it because there's a point where Jericho comes out with the cruiserweight title. And I thought I was like, did I miss a show? And they're like, oh, this happened on Saturday night. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> Why I missed that, I guess, because yeah. it's not on the network. But anyway, um, unless you have anything else. Nope. Go ahead and sign off. I want to thank everybody for listening. And um, that's that. I mean, just looking forward to next week. We'll see what happens. And um, just like I said, thanks for listening, guys. Support all the shows on, on the network. And we'll talk at you next week.